0: all right lads how's it going um welcome to absolutely savage and this week i'm talking to mr gary leahy so gary is a blogger um he does a blog on pro wrestling it's that pro wrestling guy if you want to check him out on facebook gary has a lot of similar interests to me and a very similar sense of humor as you'll kind of pick up um we spend a lot of the show just quoting family guy and the simpsons back to each other But we do have some very interesting conversations about what's going on in the world, stuff like that. Even a good bit about pro wrestling and the community even in Ireland. So I hope you enjoy it. And this is myself and Gary Leahy on Absolutely Savage. Thanks so much for your support and continued feedback. Thank you so much. So, Gary, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Dave. How are
0: you? I'm fantastic it's great to see you lad I had to get you involved when you actually got onto me the other day I was like I was I was meaning to get on to you but when you actually said it to me first you know, I was like Do you know what yeah that's brilliant I'm delighted
1: Yeah I have an issue actually with the message I sent you because last night I was having a few cans with the girlfriend Okay <laughs> And I thought I thought I have to make an informed decision if I'm going to go on this show and tell David he's pouring points of Guinness wrong I'm going to have to try it his way first Okay fucking you're right
0: (laughs) i knew it i fuck i fucking knew it man i I swear to god i've known that for years now right like i mean i because i remember it was actually my uncle taught me that to be fair but i remember during the pandemic when it first like when it first kind of started and people were at home they were putting up videos of them pouring pints of guinness and being like oh look at this amazing way i've discovered i was like fuck you lads i discovered that years ago (laughs) you know what i mean Yeah, no. you
1: see, I, I got, um, when I started drinking stout out of cans, it was literally just during the pandemic, because I'm I'm a pint man, like, I drink stout from the line, like, uh, and I looked up how to pour cans, and I got a video from this Guinness master brewer guy, and he was pouring it like you'd pour a pint in at the 45 degree angle and letting yeah. it settle, so I automatically assumed, like, that the Guinness master brewer would be right. Uh, and I was so set in my ways. That was what I was doing the whole time until last night. I was like, if I'm going on the show and I'm going to tell him he's pouring Guinness wrong, I'm going to have to at least try it his way first. And uh, your way is far, far superior.
0: <laughs> now, what, I, what I will say about that, though, is it's grand for the first, you know, four or five, something like that. But if you have any more than that, they start you start to pour a few dodgy points. All right? you know? It doesn't become the same after that then, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, washing the glass between every one as well. That's mm. what I started doing last night. And like, that's grand for like the first four or five, but when once you're <laughs> a bit like, transmoglified and you're using like <laughs> reams and reams of kitchen paper trying to dry out the glass then it gets a bit
0: messy <laughs> yeah because like oh yeah as you say like it's grand start now because you can just be like oh look how much of a barman I am here like you know but then it gets to a stage where you, like you wouldn't want to be doing as trying to be a horse to someone like you know <laughs> <laughs> no no definitely not it takes way
1: too long like if I if I had guests over and they wanted cans of Guinness and I had to take each, each of their glasses in and wash each of them and dry each of them every single time I think that I wouldn't be a very good party host to
0: be honest with you <laughs> and obviously like it does not even slightly come like i thought i had no it is very good to be able to pour a good kind of kind st- of stout, right but to get a draft point in a pub you cannot compare the fucking thing at all like i mean i, <laughs> I you can't
1: beat it at all like there's something no. about uh, a point of murphy's a point of guinness like straight out of the line especially when the pubs first reopened because obviously we're in the uh the pandemic uh, and the, the pubs have been open and shot back and forth. And when they first reopened, I think everyone in every pub got their lines cleaned at the same time. And oh, every yeah. pub I
0: went into, the fucking pints were golden, man. <laughs> oh, lad, I swear to God. The first pint of Guinness that I had um, when the pubs were reopened again was actually in the Oliver Plunkett. We went in there for dinner, dinner, no, you know what I mean? Inverted commas. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I got a pint of Guinness. And oh, my God, it was actually, it, w- it, w- it was like heaven. like Yeah. You know? uh. Yeah. Oh, I know the feeling. I could have literally dove into it. Like, it's unbelievable. Swam in it. <laughs> it's such a strange time. Like the last time me and you actually physically spoke, the world was not even remotely like it is now. Do you know what no. I mean? No. No. There's no way you could have seen this coming. It's crazy, isn't it? It's fucking insane. Like as you say, my my thing is that I'd love to get people down here to be involved with this. Like I think it's a lot more intimate to have you in. Well, not my studio, it's my fucking kitchen, but you know, (laughs) to have you in, to be able to talk to me in person is a lot more, it's what I'm used to, but it is grand to be able to still communicate with people through Zoom and stuff. You know, this has helped me an awful lot with my podcast and getting it going, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant to be able to communicate with people through Zoom. Now, at the start, like during March, when we first got locked down, locked down, I'd say I did about nine Zoom quizzes in one week and I was just burnt out from it. I was like, I actually don't miss you people at all. (laughs) (laughs) If I never see you again after this week, I'll be delighted. But uh, uh, after that, though, then you do kind of the Zoom is very handy for keeping in contact with people.
0: That is good, like, and especially our family in America and stuff, you know, and it's good to be able to get onto them all the time. Even without a pandemic, it is just good to be kind of personal with someone like that, you know? Yeah. Um. The world seems to be burning. Now, I'm not trying to make this a kind of a depressing <laughs> show or anything, but the world, when you look around, now, seems to be burning. Like, what do you think?
1: Well, I know I've, because I listen to your podcast. I really like your podcast and I know you try to stay away from, uh, politics as much as possible, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think what's going on in America at the moment with like the Capitol Hill situation and like I, I'm not, you know, trying to brand this left wing or right wing, but those some of those Trump supporters, man, they're in a cult. Like they're they're drinking the oh, Kool Aid, man.
0: It's scary. But the thing, because I was thinking about this earlier to say it to you, because um your podcast is about wrestling, and in it's... relation to professional wrestling with kayfabe things like that. everybody's kind of touched this already. But Donald Trump. And his supporters it's like watching wrestling you know
1: it's it is, literally it is. that i mean it has all the the theatrics it has babyface joe biden and heel donald trump uh i mean and like there is no more like valiant white meat babyface character than joe biden he's like literally a knight in shining armor it seems like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and it's it's a straight like the thing about joe biden for me is though, though he didn't do an awful lot for me personally to look at but compared to Donald Trump he as you say he is a complete knight in shining armor he's a lot more professional he's presidential at least at the very least you can say that about him and yeah absolutely you have all the Trump supporters then coming out calling him a pedo calling him all sorts of things trying to have every kind of an allegation about the guy and it's just it's it's actually like it's so insane the way the Americans do politics compared to what we do over here you know but they seem, those Trump supporters seem to think everyone is a pedophile. If you go
1: onto the internet and type in any celebrity, there's some non conspiracy bullcrap about them being a pedophile. Tom Hanks, apparently, is a pedophile. Tom Hanks is like the nicest man in America. Well, <laughs> Tom Hanks <laughs> <come> literally, <on.
0: laughs> literally seems like, he's, he's just a, a universally liked thing, I think. I don't think anybody could dislike Tom Hanks. I Absolutely. heard him there.
1: He's like America's dad.
0: I heard him there on uh, Colin O'Brien's podcast there a few months ago, and he's just such a wholesome character. Like, really, I, I I'm a huge fan of Tom Hanks. Anyway, you know,
1: I'm a huge fan of Tom Hanks as well. I think that that film that he did where he played Walt Disney and he was trying to get the author of Mary Poppins to let him uh, uh, use the characters
0: Saving Mister Banks. The name isn't it? of
1: the film, but Saving Mister Banks. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was an absolute masterpiece. I it really, was really liked that. actually.
0: Um, Colin Farrell was quite good in that, actually. You know, he was quite impressive. Enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was such a fantastic movie. I think they really got all of the characteristics of Walt Disney down to a T. Uh, from what you see in documentaries and stuff like that, and the fact that they had him smoking in most scenes and stuff like that, I think just the little nuances of Walt Disney because they could have cleaned it up a lot. You know, yeah, they could have played it safe and had like oh you know disney's always the hero but like they didn't they they were very very honest about his character and very blatant about what he was like and i think that was very cool
0: it's so funny actually um <laughs> there's a there's a sketch in family guy kind of a cutaway of walt disney um where they have him frozen and he gets you obviously i'd say you know this one but he gets out of the uh out of the cry- cry- cryogenic is this that's how he said isn't yeah, yeah. Uh, out, out of the kind of the machine and they're like he's like, they're like mr disney you, you're still alive are the jews still here yeah put me back <laughs> <You
1: know>? <laughs> 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 yeah they did kind of gloss over that in the film to be fair the uh, whole yeah. anti-semitism thing but uh and there's another bit in family guy as well where brian and stewie wake up in a walt disney cartoon oh and, yeah like, everything <laughs> Everything's rosy for like the first five minutes, but then they have these like horrible depictions of Jewish people. They're like demons with stars of David.
0: <laughs> it's a wonderful day for pain. <laughs> That's that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: That's the one, yeah, yeah. I love it, oh, yeah.
0: Man, I love it, I love it. I love it. I in feel really, like I'm the yeah. only one that still
1: likes Family Guy. I think Family Guy has kind of lost a lot of its fan base in the last couple of years, but I still think it's fantastic.
0: Family Guy is kind of going down the route of The Simpsons from the point that I have tried to watch a few of the modern episodes and it's gone extremely low, bro. I don't know if you feel the same way, but no, there still has their funny moments, but I think classic Family Guy, like people kind of gloss over cl- cl- classic Family Guy a bit because they kind of think, oh, like that's that's always it was a stupid show where they just relied on cutaways or whatever. But I think Family Guy was very unique, to be honest, in what it did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a I'm a season two to season eight Family Guy stan. I think that's kind of their, when they hit their prime. Uh, I haven't really watched much of the Modern Family Guy, but I did see one skit that I thought was very funny, where, uh, um, which one of you is an X-Men? Did you see that one? Oh, I think I have. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. It's, it's Meg. She does the whole Quicksilver thing where she goes into... She's going super fast. Everyone else is going super slow and she makes them all like... That's it's very clever.
0: <laughs> one of the best... See, what I like about Family Guy's humour was just the directness of it. Like, I, this is just a pure cut, like, throwaway moment in it. But it makes me laugh. It was the one Peter goes up to a billboard And it's a big cup, and he thinks there's pudding in it, you know. But he goes into the cup, and (laughs) there's a kid in there, and he picks up a little boy, and he's like, Hey, there's a little boy in here, but he's holding him by the crotch. Like, (laughs) and (laughs) Quagmire's, he's like, Hey, guys, I found a boy in here. Quag's like, Don't hold him like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the little things like that really made Family Guy so good. I always think of that song, it plays in my head. Anytime I'm not thinking about something else, this song is like the screensaver for my mind. It's the one that's like, "You have AIDS, yes, you have AIDS." I hate to tell you, but you (laughs) You have have AIDS.
0: AIDS." (laughs) Not HIV, but full blood AIDS.
1: (laughs) It's literally the screensaver for my mind. It's like my default setting. If I'm not thinking about something else, my mind just drifts to that.
0: (laughs) And there's always that conversation of like, "Did Seth MacFarlane rip off The Simpsons?" I don't think so. I think obviously you know you have the kind of the the generic american family like or whatever but i think family guy became its own thing to be totally honest like i mean you could always say the simpsons ripped off something or whatever the simpsons was probably the most influential animated like adult cartoon but i tell family guy kind of came into its own really you know
1: well i don't think it's fair to say that seth mcfarland ripped off the simpsons when the simpsons in itself was just a rip off of the flintstones and the honeymooners
0: and the That's portrait true, yeah. of a
1: nuclear family like you know what i mean
0: I suppose The Simpsons was kind of a commentary on America at the time, though, Ronald Reagan's America, kind of, you know, nuclear family, as you say. I think The Simpsons, like a lot of the shows, like The Waltons, as George Bush is famously quoted as saying, we need people to be more like The Waltons and less like The Simpsons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, The Simpsons was a a really good, uh, like you can always tell how America was like in a certain decade by just watching Simpsons episodes from that yeah. decade, because they really kind of capture the the feeling really well. I'm looking forward to the, well, no, I'm absolutely not looking forward to the new season, but like, you know, in 10 years time, if I'm wondering what
0: 2020 was like, I can just go back and watch the Simpsons. <laughs> I tried watching a few modern episodes of the Simpsons and yeah, it has its moments here and there where you're like, Hey, oh, yeah, it's a bit of, but you can't like, I think The Simpsons was a '90s show. I think the '90s was its golden age. It should have, it should have just stayed there, you know, a bit yeah. like King of the Hill or one of those shows. It really kind of, it would be remembered a lot more fondly if it stayed where it was. I think a lot of people, it's kind of like a dead horse that you just to keep going, you know.
1: Yeah, every year there's talk about like Mike Judd bringing back stuff like uh, King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead and all I can think of every time is like, why? Like it, and, that, that those I, shows run its course, and that kind of humor, I don't think is. Uh, is relatable in
0: 2020 that's what i'm saying is that like you can even see it though like there's still some good um you know 2000s simpsons episodes but you can definitely see that it started to decline when they tried to come into the 2000s the 90s was just the golden age of the simpsons and it's 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 my all-time favorite show from that point 90s simpsons like you know we'll say season three to season nine ten that kind of way is absolutely fantastic comedy like
1: yeah, I think the first two seasons of The Simpsons are skippable. Uh, if I'm being totally honest with you, I would start I season kind of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, season three to season nine, ten. Like you said, I think the the turning point is the Principal and the Pauper episode. Yeah, that's known. Yeah, the Armin Tanzerian episode.
0: <laughs> and even that episode in itself, it's a shame because there's actually some very good, um, like gags and stuff in that. You know. Like you yeah. know the one where she, where Armin Tanzerian or Principal Skinner as he is known normally is in his apartment in Capital <laughs> City and his mother comes <laughs> up like you were my son longer than he than he ever was yeah. and you know he's like now you get down to that car straight away. And the rest of you. Yes, Mrs. Skinner. <laughs> it's just it's brilliant. A, the bit in the episode
1: when they're in the car and Homer's like, uh, and why is she here? <laughs> and she's here because it's her son that we're looking for. <laughs> okay, and why are Paddy and Selma here? <laughs> Paddy and Selma are here because we couldn't find a sitter for the kids. Okay, and why are the kids here? The kids are here because... <laughs> it's so funny, man. I really... There's parts of that episode that I really, really like, but I think, like, the fact that they retconned one of their
0: most important characters uh, yeah. is a bit of a bummer and like principal skinner is one of the best characters in the show i absolutely love skinner like you know <laughs> the one where he's going through the museum and he's like <laughs> there's all kids there obviously and he's like am i so out of touch <laughs> no it's the no, children, it's who, the are children wrong. who are wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely like uh principal skinner's iconic i always found like when i was a kid i'd relate so much to bart bart simpson he was like yeah my my most relatable character. and now as i'm growing up the more i'm growing up the more i feel myself turning into principal skinner
0: <laughs> or homer sadly in a lot of ways or homer <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i'm saying is that sometimes like especially during the pandemic because i was i was just lazy and sitting around all day and stuff like that I wasn't doing anything like most people but i was watching a lot of the simpsons because of disney plus stuff there you know re-watching all of it and there's episodes where Homer says things, and you're like, I don't want to relate to this, but I do. <laughs> do you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's
1: a few episodes because I was the same when Disney Plus first came out during the pandemic, and I had so much time. I, I rewatched The Simpsons nearly start to finish uh and some of the stuff that homer did and said i was like
0: oh my god this is (laughs) scary (laughs) like there's an episode of the simpsons uh we could nearly do a whole podcast on just simpsons quotes just randomly throwing them around but there's an episode it's not a very famous moment or anything but it's one that i absolutely love it's where homer's driving through the the cornfield and um you know they come out of the they, they jump out of the, they're like drive straight out of the corn and they nearly hit a tree and she's like Homer, oh, i see it and it's just so <laughs> that's so realistic of what it's like when, you know <laughs> yeah. old married you know old married couples are driving together you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh you, you got you have to love it like i think it's it's great to have a show like that that as you say when you're a kid you're like oh i want to see what bart's doing all the time i want to be like bart or whatever and you do, like When I was a kid I didn't pay any attention To the comedy in The Simpsons I didn't pay any attention To any of it I was just like Oh Bart's funny Bart's cool Bart's everything As I got older I appreciated just How good the gags were And how they were so clever For the time they were in And everything And the pop culture references Are all excellent as well You know
1: Yeah when I was a child The Simpsons was like My favourite show I had an alarm set on my phone I'd come in from like playing on the street and stuff at seven o'clock every day to watch the Simpsons on sky one. And it was usually the same episodes over and <laughs> over again. And I had no idea why it was my favorite show. Cause all of the like adult jokes were just flying over my head. I guess I was just stimulated by the colors or something. But uh, as yeah. I grew up, I learned to appreciate it a lot more and now I'm, now I'm a bit of a
0: Simpsons Stan. I'd be the same. Yeah. I know oh it was a pure show for me that it was aesthetically pretty, you know, pleasing to me. So that was kind of why I liked it. Um, as i say I never like I didn't kind of start watching Family Guy till I got a bit older. Uh, South Park was something I just didn't get. I found that funny because they were saying shit and fuck on the Tilly, and I just thought that was really good when I was a kid because that was something I wasn't allowed to watch. So that was that's yeah. why I liked South Park. Now South Park is a very clever show as well, to be fair.
1: South Park has evolved so much. Uh, like the original people always give out the South Park, and when people are detracting from South Park, they always use the same argument, oh, it's just fucking dick and fart jokes. And if you watch the first two seasons it's, it's just dick and fart jokes. like. But <laughs> it, it got very evolved. Like, it's a really poignant
0: social commentary right now. Uh, it is, yeah. There's an episode, and obviously it's a touchy subject, but it's just so clever the way they did it. And it's the episode about school shootings. <laughs> where basically they're having the thing of like, basically Randy is accusing Sharon of going through or um uh, going through menopause because she's freaking out <laughs> over the school shootings, which is kind of a commentary that America's just desensitizes gun violence completely, you know. And it's 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 a clever, it's yeah. a very clever episode. Obviously, if you say that to people, they're like, that's not funny. They're making a joke, but however, it, it's so clever. It's very the way well done. they
1: do it is so clever. Yeah, <laughs> where they stage it, where like. Everyone else that's just accepting the school shootings is in the right and Sharon is wrong for worrying
0: about it. Like that's, it's, so, it's just so at funny. the end of the episode where Sharon comes up and she's like, Randy, I just got a call from the school. Stan's been shot. It's okay though. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's unbelievable stuff altogether. did you you watch
1: the uh south park pandemic special
0: i did actually i liked it and again there was some great social commentary especially to do with um police um brutality things like that um all all, obviously all very serious touchy subjects but the way they satire it is so cleverly done and it's it's really is a bit of a fuck you to the to the actual system and the way it is you know yeah, you reminded me when you were talking about the school shooting episode. I
1: think it's the best bit in the history of South Park is when Kyle and Eric start fighting in the classroom and the police shoot Token.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got it. That's, him. <laughs> that's so, and, and it's it's awful because it's so true. But that's that's kind of what makes South Park so good. I think is that it's not it's not afraid to kind of say, yeah, this is the, this is the fucking issue, and this is kind of something that I'm very passionate about. And I'd say you're the same. Well, I know you're the same. Is comedy should not be censored for the simple reason that i think comedy is a mirror to society to show what the faults are and why we should try and appreciate like you have to laugh at things sometimes obviously there is issues in you know things like that some people are just trying to be hurtful or offensive but i think as you say with that episode it's showing how fucked up society actually can be you know
1: yeah and that's the thing and you can't you can't be mad at that episode because every joke they make and every commentary they make is true. Like, well, you, you can't be mad about it.
0: <laughs> this is the thing, is that, like, you could say, oh, you can't joke with that. Well, it's happening at the end of the day. These are real, real fucking issues. Like, so if you're going to be saying, you know, "Oh, you can't be saying that, that's not true. Well, it is true. It is happening. Unfortunately, it is. You exactly. might as well have a fucking kind of a, yeah, you see, this is happening. We're, we're having to go off it. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, no one wants it to happen, but like, it, it
0: does happen I, I, you should be allowed to joke about things I'm sorry you just should like <laughs> it's it's so insane you feel like you're watching a reality TV show to bring it back to the Capitol building the other day and to see the people that were storming what is the center of democracy not only for America but for the world in a lot of ways we could argue like America is a superpower it's a very influential country on the rest of the world what goes on there does have a knock-on effect for the rest of the planet and to see that people were attacking the center of democracy for America, how could anybody stand by that or defend that or say, yeah, that's that's acceptable? Like Donald Trump had come out and condemned, you know, saying, oh, you know, you should we shouldn't use violence, whatever. But he's still egging them on. He's still saying, I understand your hurt and all this kind of shit. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, I saw the the original Twitter video he put up, which was since taken down, where like he came out and he was like, I do think that, you know, what you're doing <laughs> is wrong. They did steal this election from I us. Know, Don't dude. misunderstand. They did steal this election, but we can't storm <laughs> the Capitol building. It's just not right. But they did steal the election. It's like, yeah, you're just, it's you're fanning the flames, <laughs> dude it's basically
0: it's basically him saying yeah don't do it this way but you are right to do it this way at the same yeah, time yeah. <laughs> he wants that though because all that man is concerned with is the fact that the trump logo and stuff is being paraded around washington he's not too worried about people's well-being people's safety anything like that like and it's that's that's when it gets scary because obviously you know the republican party in america are known as you know they're they're, they're right wing they're they're stuck in their way it's whatever but I don't I don't know could anyone actually defend like the, the Republicans were famously known for being pro system and pro democracy anti communism anti any other sort of establishment how can anybody I don't think anybody can actually come out now and defend this fucking lunatic like you know
1: no absolutely not and you'll find that any like self-respecting republican are taking the, like, John McCain stance of, like, yeah, yeah, we believe in republicanism, we believe in traditional values, but we do not stand with this absolute <laughs> lunatic,
0: <black. laughs> I Like, this is the thing, though, is that you can't even call Trump a republican. You can't call his supporters republicans. They're fucking, they're kind of a cult of their own. They're literally, it's, and, and there's actually talks of the Republican Party dividing because of that, you know, dividing into kind of separate branches, whatever. It's good there's going to be a third party there called the fucking lunatic. I don't know what the god, the pissed off organization or something like that. But they you they know? tried. They
1: tried that already with the Tea Party. Where oh, the, the Tea the, Party. Yeah, yeah. The people decided that the Republican Party wasn't right wing enough for them, so they were going to go even more right wing. And look where it got them. <laughs> fucking nowhere.
0: <laughs> the family Guy did a great one about that. About the Tea Party with Joe Workingman. <laughs> you know, it was Carter <laughs> Peter <Petersmith. laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's like. It's such a mad world because like, I was looking there at the way people are defending Donald Trump. They're willing to storm a government building. They're willing to put themselves and other people in danger for this man. And I look at Ireland and I'm like, if we were told the fucking cabinet were <laughs> in danger, we'd be like, whatever the fuck. Like, we've our own thing to be worrying about. You know what I mean? Leave them <laughs> off. Leave <laughs> them off. Leave So what will they do for us like? <laughs> um, it's just so mad to think of how tame Irish politics is compared to America. And... It's funny when, like, because I know you feel very strongly about this. um, Is the way Boris Johnson came out and condemned Donald Trump, and I was like, if Boris Johnson is coming out condemning, you you know, you have a fucking issue, really. (laughs) Like, you know, I know, yeah. If Bojo is coming out of his hole to give out to you,
1: then you're definitely doing something wrong. Like there is probably nothing else in the world
0: that I will agree with Boris Johnson with, but this one thing, yeah. <laughs> but I was, say, like, I was saying that, like how bad do you have to be that Boris Johnson thinks you're being extreme? Like he's, he's a funny character and I don't mean funny as in like, ah, he's a great laugh. I mean, as in like, he's hilarious to look at. He looks like a drunk lad coming home from a wedding. That's kind of always <laughs> the way I look at him and it's mad when you look as i say the world feels like it's burning but it's almost it's like the rem song like it's the end of the world as we know it but i feel fine like i just it's whatever like you know we're just used yeah, to it at this stage. great song that is a great song actually There's <laughs> <laughs> family we're going everything comes back to family guy but peter when he <laughs> had a stroke and he's driving in the car and that song comes on and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, that's
1: fantastic. Oh.
0: Oh,
1: it was no. the same when, when when we did that episode of The Boost together. I feel like we, yeah. we kept on ringing things around to Family Guy as well.
0: <laughs> kind of, yeah, cartoons. There was a great one that you did, actually. Um I still often think of it as just so clever. Um, There was some remind me again there was something to do with russian like was it russian spies in ireland or russian sign of secret thing in ireland there was something like that wasn't there? Uh, yeah, I think it was something to do, with, uh, co- some sort of collusion
1: with the Russian government. Uh, I, yeah. I'd have to read the article again to get the full details of it, but
0: yeah, I, I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> it was just the one of, I, for one, welcome our new Russian overlords, and as a podcaster, I think I'd be of great use to you. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> I played that uh,
1: uh, USSR anthem in the background, that yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome piece of music, like, it's a really good piece of music. <laughs>
0: Ah uh, no, like and you know, you know those kind of ones. That show was just a pure kind of, uh, you know, I don't even give a shit. Really, we're just going to go up for it here, which was very anti-like Peter's kind of philosophy and stuff. But yeah, we were really a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I feel like if the BAI actually did hear any of those like rootin' tootin' Vladimir Putin skits, <laughs> like we... <laughs> rootin' tootin' Vladimir Putin,
0: I don't uh, think there would be a juice <laughs> FM If anyone higher up listened to that one show. Like... <laughs> But you have to have that kind of, like, sometimes you just have to go down the route of, yeah, you know what, I don't really give a shit. I'm just going mad here, going to have a laugh. like, And that's that's kind of what I'm doing with this show. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious at times or whatever. But for the most part, I just like the fact that this is whatever the fuck I want it to be of a day. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm enjoying about this podcast, to be totally honest, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would have uh, loved to go down the commercial radio route, but I genuinely don't think I'd be able to, like, stop myself from... I, I have a yeah. very... <laughs>
0: dark humor (laughs) i'm the same and i i don't know like it's and it's it's a thing where it's a great industry to work in don't get me wrong and i i used to love even with juice fm doing things like that it was excellent and there's good enough money in it and whatnot but you are essentially you don't have control over what you want to do to you do to a degree but like let's be honest like we couldn't sit here have a radio show where we're talking about this shit like
1: (laughs) no not at all and then the other things, like, I actually don't think I'd be physically able to, like, play songs from, like, Nicki Minaj and stuff and sit there and pretend that I like them.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cardi B. <laughs> Wap.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly, Wap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know that Wap thing there? It was so funny, actually, a few months ago um, we were all sitting down uh, for dinner, a few of us cousins, and uh, my mother and my aunt were there, and the two of them didn't know what WAP stood for, or you know, like, know what stood for. we were not saying it, like, so they were like, what's WAP? What's that? Like, we are like, we're not say what it is right here like
1: (laughs) the radio of it is even worse the radio edit says wet and mushy and that sounds way more disgusting (laughs) oh dude
0: that's that's disgusting altogether no you're
1: dealing with this wet and mushy that sounds horrible
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's way worse no that is way worse um it is mad though to look at that kind of music and stuff and I used to be very kind of dictating with music being like, oh, fucking, why would you listen to that? Why is that loud? Whatever. I've taken a step back and said, you know what, that might be pleasing to someone. What the fuck do I have to say about that? You know, some average guy. Music is subjective, man. If you like it, you like it. There's lots of songs that I'm not proud that I like, but I like them.
1: Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was probably the biggest fucking gatekeeper in the entire world. <laughs> if I saw someone wearing an Avenged Sevenfold shirt in my company, I'd be like, you don't listen to real metal, that's puss metal, boy. Come on, <laughs> listen to some Pantera or something. But as I've grown up, I've, I've really leveled out quite a bit. And there was bands like from back when I was a teenager, uh, uh, stuff like All Time Low and and yeah. A Day trip. Trem- where like back then I'd have been like diehard No if you listen to them you're a fucking poser Like you don't even listen yeah. to me <laughs> And now I like go back and like i have been listening to Dear Maria Let Me In On My Headphones And stuff like that and you know what They're not bad
0: like I know why I was such a tosser I like All Time Low actually To be totally honest Um, especially their live shows I've listened to a lot of their live shows and it's good It's it is. It, I get what you mean it is kind of bubblegum Punk rock kind of but it is It's enjoyable at the same time like I mean And if you like that you like that like you know Boy bands with breakdowns is how uh, Finn McKinty,
1: the punk rock NBA described it. Boy bands with breakdowns. And I think that's a really good analysis.
0: That is probably a good enough one. All right. I was to be like, I, I was like, I, was, I wasn't a huge metal head. I liked, you know, post metal as you were saying there and stuff like that. <laughs> you wouldn't have liked me when I was at it, but like, I did, I loved, I loved all, all time low, all that kind of stuff. I was your typical, like, uh, you know, oh, listen, to this this is so alternative. It isn't really, like, when you look back, you're like, I wasn't fucking alternative at all. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I've warmed, I've warmed to it a lot, though. Like I said, I really like that song, Dear Maria, Count Me In. I really like that song, Weightless. I think that's so, it's so uplifting. Yeah, it, the, it is. The, the thing I've noticed as I got older is that, like, when I was, like, a teenager, I would put myself in this mindset of like, oh, I'm miserable all the time. And I would <laughs> purposely listen to music that would make me feel more miserable all the time. But as I've gotten older, I've mellowed out and I've, I've started listening to stuff with a much more uh, positive message. And I think all time low falls into that category.
0: Oh no, I'm completely with music and stuff like that. I'm just like, you know what? If I enjoy a song, I enjoy a song, I don't give a shit who sings it, to be totally honest. And that's just kind of the way I've gone. And life is a lot easier if you just enjoy things, you know, if you don't be miserable. Um yeah, that's, absolutely. The <laughs> that's the key. That's the key, you know. Um <laughs> Green Day are a mutual band that we uh definitely really, really like. You do a really good Billy Joe Armstrong impression, actually. I've
1: heard I've heard you do uh your Billy Joe Armstrong impression on the show. I think it's 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 very good. I don't think it's quite as good as mine though.
0: Well, give us a blast there. Give us the the famous yeah. one uh, for the, the, the rent from uh from what was it, longitude or not longitude, it was um Reading Festival, was it, where he went on a oh, fucking Oh yeah. He goes yeah. uh uh
1: five fucking minutes i've been around <laughs> since 1980 fucking nine and you're gonna give me five fucking minutes this is what five fucking minutes gets you
0: <laughs> oh no absolutely and like you listen to someone like him and his energy and everything i was lucky enough to see, i've only seen green day once but i was lucky enough to see them in Marley park that time 2010 and the energy of the guy the fucking he really gives it all to be fair to him you have to, you have to appreciate that he's inspiring like you know
1: Oh, for sure. I absolutely love Green Day.
0: My favorite uh, Green
1: Day album is Dookie. Uh, yeah, without Dookie. question, I think Dookie's phenomenal. I, it might be uh, Insomniac, but like Dookie and Insomniac would be kind of toe and toe for me. They'd be at the same level. And anytime I go online and you go into like Green Day fan pages, always people being like, why can't you release stuff like Dookie again? And the simple yeah. answer is because they're not taking cocaine anymore. No one has that much energy. <laughs> I was just going to
0: say, like, these guys are in their 40s now. It would be tough for them to fucking be keeping up with those kind of songs. It's it's the same as a lot of bands, though. Like, I mean, you can't expect even U2 to write The Joshua Tree again. They couldn't fucking bring themselves to do that again, I'd say. Anything even remotely near to it, you know? And, Absolutely not. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Bono is after losing his voice an awful lot, isn't he, in recent times? <laughs> I uh, love Bono and... Um... Being this like you know Bob
1: Geldof martyr character for the children of Africa, and then buying yeah. a buying a plane ticket for his hat. I just think yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's always on about like world. I come here. It's it's it, I, I like I like Bono for it for his music and stuff. I, I like yeah, I absolutely. I, I'm not one of these Irish lads who's like he doesn't pay tax in Ireland. What an arsehole Like I mean, look whatever. I don't I don't care. I, li- I listen to his music. I think he's a good performer. I've seen him. He does his job or whatever. He, I know I I know he's a bit of a pin. And yes, even to go see him in a concert is like. Do you know he comes out and he's just like the world yeah, I... needs to <laughs> stop for one second and listen to me and it's like oh, fuck off like do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> They won! A <laughs> The best whatever it's it's yeah you too on the simpsons is one of my favorite uh like Guest appearances on any TV show ever, I think you know where he, Homer just Homer just Don't sneaks worry, into the he's concert to get the help he needs. <laughs> yeah. In the name of love. All
1: right, that in, um, oh my God, that Bono impression was top class. I've never heard one that good before, other than in South Park, and they just have him go, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he is the record. um Yeah, Bono was on the Late Late Show one night, and I actually had to turn it off. He was with the Edge and you could see like the age you know sitting there with his guitar they were on They were, i think they were promoting that album that they forced everyone to listen to you know the one on, that appeared on everyone's phone <laughs> i woke up one morning and it was on my phone yeah <laughs> and i like you too but even i was like lads that you're forcing people to fucking listen to you um but he was on the late, late show with the age the age is there with his guitar and you could see bono's just there like uh he's like when i was writing this song iris and it came to me one night when I was thinking about my mother, and you could see the edges just sitting there, like oh, "fucking shut the fuck up." Like, let's just play a fucking song, get her thing. It's pure. You can, I'd say, after all these years, he must be sick of it. Like, you know, what's going on under the edges' hat? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somebody said uh, a good one to me not so long ago about that. Is um they were like, he's going for an operation. Did you hear about that? I said, is he you fucking? Yeah, he's going for an operation to get his hat removed, you
1: know. <laughs> for a shoot though. Like, what's he hiding? I wanna see. I think we should start a change.org petition. I wanna
0: see the edge without his hat. Like, there's something going on there that he doesn't want people to see, and I demand to see it. It's a conspiracy. It's definitely there's definitely some sort of conspiracy theory about that online somewhere, I'd say, surely. It's
1: it's a it's a five G receptor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's just going along like beep.
1: <laughs> he's spreading the rona from the top of his head
0: <laughs> yeah no it's it's mad like when you look at U two and the success they had and all the rest and you know to think oh fuck it yeah they came from dublin whatever but they're like the last they're one of the last bands to kind of go and conquer the world that much you know like everyone thinks of ireland they didn't get you two. you know it's mad
1: yeah like, you have absolutely. to appreciate
0: that you know you two and conor mcgregor Oh, Conor McGregor, man. Why, why, where do you stand on on uh, the notorious? <laughs> the notorious one. Uh,
1: tremendous athlete, great fighter, horrible person.
0: He's a complete knob. Yeah, I do appreciate he is. He's a. He, he's good at what he does. He's a. say, as you say, a tremendous athlete. But even his whole family, like money, can't buy class. Like they're just fucking clones. Do you know what I mean? To <laughs> see uh, um, it wasn't a video. It was like
1: a, an audio thing of his sister calling yeah. a nail bar. Know, oh my god, like Nicky
0: yeah, you you don't know what I'm going through on a daily basis. You. Uh, <laughs> like
1: you can take the girl out of Talla, but you can't take Talla out nah. of the girl. Like Jesus. and uh, <laughs> his
0: father actually um remember when he was at the Lewis and he's like, I can't get any change from the blade in Lewis and trying to fit this Chris 20 yard and out into me. Hugo got boss too. What a fucking langer. <laughs> what a pleb, like
1: oh my god. That's this, so yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is what you're dealing with like all the time um so with from, on the point of wrestling there like I, as i said i'm not a huge wrestling fan i met you at ott though um uh, this was, what is that that's that's a year and a bit ago now wasn't it
1: ott in cork it was when uh pack came through yeah pack was my excellent. wall of fame there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he was he was um i didn't get to meet him no but uh dylan got to meet him he's great he's a great guy um pack he's excellent yeah great guy I wore my Newcastle shirt
1: to to meet yeah. him because he's he's from Newcastle upon Tyne and uh, he commented on my shirt. Uh, I don't know why anyone ever tries to do a Geordie accent because it's impossible to replicate but he it did was, comment
0: on my shirt. He was a nice chap. There was a comedian um I can't remember who it was though but he was he was on like live at the Apollo or something and he was on about the Geordie accent. He's like 20 years ago if you had a Geordie accent you could qualify for a disability pension. It's <laughs> 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 fucking awful, you know. But um <clears throat> I know like it's what I was saying what I meant about wrestling is I'm not a huge wrestling fan or whatever do you are you into WWE still or like are you do you kind of stay away from that or
1: uh well I keep up with it uh, I wouldn't be much of a wrestling journalist if I didn't kind of keep well, yeah, up with yeah. as much as I can but like as far as liking it absolutely not I it's absolutely dreadful uh booking is terrible writing is terrible everyone's delivering these like awfully scripted promos it all comes across as really cheesy and ham and eggy like i just want a bit of edge and there's no edge to it It's, it's, it's like a children's cartoon you know what i mean like there's
0: one uh, there's someone that I am uh, kind of a fan of is uh, Bray Wyatt's gimmick at the moment uh, gimmick 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 at the moment. Uh <laughs> the fiend. I kind of like that a lot to be honest with you. Or if he was from Cork, he'd be the fiend. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Bray Wyatt uh is doing great for himself. He had a lot of struggles uh when he first came onto the main roster. He did great in NXT, came onto the main roster, they gave him a big push straight away. The Wyatt family was a big thing. He got a WrestleMania match against John Cena which he lost he should have won and then it just kind of went downhill from him for there uh to the point where he faded into obscurity and now with this new fiend gimmick and the 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 counterpart to it the like mr rogers red sweater firefly funhouse gimmick is is tremendously entertaining and it's probably the best thing he's ever done in his career
0: yeah no like that kind of made me a bit interested in keeping up with him for a while you know <clears throat> mm. it, it was it, i wanted to go back and actually kind of watch him i turned on raw right there a few weeks ago just because i was bored and it was on like fucking i just thought like i I didn't i thought it was too long first of all the show's gone very long when i was watching resting about that fucking long like you know three
1: hours long including commercials and american programming so just so many commercials holy shit oh my god yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um something i would like to get into and i never kind of got around to. i just never kind of gave it much but uh new japan wrestling is quite big at the moment as well isn't it uh
1: yeah new japan pro wrestling would be my uh would be my favorite uh type of wrestling brand of wrestling they do a different style of wrestling so american wrestling at the moment is, is very much homogenized it's all this like american style of wrestling which which is cool if you're into that uh it's not really my thing i think it's a bit it's a bit too safe i don't know too clean too yeah. pasteurized like everything is very samey like uh you're either a flippy do guy or you're a big muscle man and there's no like in between like you know whereas yeah. in japan they wrestle this uh I guess it's kind of like a hybrid of what's called strong style wrestling and king's road style wrestling so king's road style wrestling would have started in all japan pro wrestling in the early 90s with guys like uh, uh guys like uh mazawa and kenta kobashi and uh, Tawe and stuff like that and they, they fuse that with this strong style wrestling which is like an mma influenced wrestling which started also in the 90s with new japan pro wrestling with antonio inoki uh bringing in these mma guys uh, and it's like a hybrid of that it's so hard hitting it's so real the matches go like you know 40 minutes uh, the guys are wrecked after them and like they they beat the shit into each
0: other like <laughs> Jesus, yeah um the show like i went to a few wrestling shows last year um i went to 2 WWE shows in dublin um but i have to say the independent one the the over the top wrestling in cork was absolutely fantastic um, yeah, really, re- really enjoyable. Um, obviously, there was controversy during the year uh, to do with you know some of the people involved in 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 uh, OTT and stuff like that. In and you know, could you just go quickly about that? There, give us a kind of a synopsis of it.
1: Uh, yeah, well, before before that, I got to give a big shout out to uh, Joe Cabray, the owner of Over the Top Wrestling. What he's done for the Irish wrestling scene in the last couple of years uh, is is phenomenal, uh, and. Regardless of what happened with the speaking out movement, I don't think he is any way uh, part of the problem. And I think that he deserves all the credit in the world for, uh, I guess, uh, revitalizing, is that a word? Revitalizing (laughs) is a word. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) reinvigorating uh, Ireland's passion for wrestling uh and but yeah the speaking out movement unfortunately it turned out that there was quite a few wrestlers some of which worked for ott not all Uh, a lot of them were from uh, english promotions like progress scottish promotions like icw stuff like that but they were all sex pests
0: yeah and it's (laughs) uh it's, it's 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 sad to see that because um it's there, there was uh um one in particular that I was a big fan of the dude from Philadelphia um his name escapes me at the moment David Starr. David Starr. David I was Starr. A, I really enjoyed his um gimmick at the you know him versus Jordan devil and that whole thing you know um <laughs> I'm the independent all that I really enjoyed that uh, so it was disappointing to hear about him right. as well Do you know.
1: David Starr uh the only wrestler in the entire world I would say that was capable of turning an Irish audience against Jordan Devlin. Uh yeah. he was unbelievable speaker, unbelievable promo work. Uh like his his in-ring stuff was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. But it's his promo work and and his speaking and his character that really got him over and really got him to pretty much legendary status after he beat Jordan Devlin. It was so heartbreaking to find out uh, that he was part of the. He was actually what kickstarted the scandal.
0: Yeah, and as you say, it's it's always so disappointing when you hear about these things. But as it is important that people are called out for what they're doing these days, and I think that's we've we've progressed an awful lot as a site. We're still not in a in an excellent position, but I think we have progressed an awful lot that people feel they can come out and and speak out against somebody like that. You know, as you say, even ten years ago, they probably wouldn't have been able to and that's you know that's something that would have shown we've come a long way you know
1: that's the thing you got to give the 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 girls a lot of them were female wrestlers a lot of them were just uh, uh relationships and people not involved with the business but you got to give all those girls a lot of credit for what they did uh, it was very brave to take a stand like that against such public figures uh, and people held in such high regard like you never know how these things are going to go those girls were really really brave and i'm i'm glad they did what they did it was important to
0: expose the, the seedier side of the business so that we can clean it up it is great and i i'm i do i appreciate um everything that's you know the, the irish wrestling scene as you say uh how much it's grown when i was growing up there wasn't much of a scene around the place really you know and i didn't know an awful lot about it anyway even if there was so to see how big it's after becoming that even if you're not into wrestling you can hear about these things uh you know it's accessible for people like with phoenix wrestling things like that you know it's it's, access, it's accessible for people who want to become wrestlers as well, you know Yeah, I remember when
1: I was a kid uh, Going to this wrestling show in Neptune Stadium Where they had like this like Five foot eight dude dressed up as Kane And this morbidly obese Mankind with like <laughs> a, 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 this crazy skinny guy dressed as the rock and like stole Cole steve austin with five o'clock shadow on his head like it was just cosplay <laughs> wrestling like it's so bad but then for some reason they had the real bam bam bigelow and you wouldn't you wouldn't have even known <laughs> yeah
0: it's funny hey you, this guy looks like bam
1: bam bigelow yeah looks like yeah it's um it's jesus it's like you fell off in your career bud what are you doing here with all these cosplay dudes <laughs>
0: Someone that I absolutely always loved, uh, was the Undertaker. Um, to see that he's officially retired recently, is um, no, he's retired. He's retired once before, definitely. Anyway, but to see he's officially gone now is it's quite it's 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 a it's the end of an era, really. You know, for me, he was my absolute favorite wrestler growing up. Uh, I loved everything he did, especially kind of around we'll say two thousand and six, two thousand and two, two thousand and nine. That kind of era for him, for me, maybe it's just the timing or whatever. When I was a kid growing up. I really enjoyed all that kind of stuff, you know?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. My favourite era of Undertaker would be kind of 97 through to 98 where he would have been feuding with people like Bret Hart, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels in particular. Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker had the first ever Hell in a Cell match and it was just this brutal, bloody affair where Shawn Michaels got whipped around the place for 25 (laughs) minutes and like that, when I think of the Undertaker, that's what I want to think of, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's, uh, as you say, in relation to the real world now that it's almost become like watching a wrestling show, especially in America, even the trash talking, everything like you know, the stuff like I don't know if you watched the debates that were going on with Joe Biden and Donald Trump, where he just was not letting them in. Like, you know, at one stage, Joe Biden just went like, This is so unpresidential, man. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny,
1: like, you know. That's what uh, that's what endeared Joe Biden to me. Like I was on the fence about Joe, not on the fence about Joe Biden, as in I wanted Trump to win. But on the fence about Joe Biden, as in I didn't know if he was a great politician. Yeah, it was during the debate when he went, will you shut up, man? And I was like, (laughs) all right, all right.
0: You win. If I was American, you'd get my vote. <laughs> and something about Joe Biden, actually, is he's actually an Irish president, as in he actually has close Irish relations in uh, Mayo. So he's not like, you know, <laughs> every other Irish or American president who's like, yeah, my ancestors come from here or whatever. He actually is as Irish Connections, which works in our favor. And hopefully he'll he'll do, you know, he'll help us out, especially with everything that's happening with Brexit, the whole lot. Um, there was actually something I saw him on RT News. Uh, where somebody came up to him and they were like, uh, Mr. Bi- or Mr. Biden, could we ask you a question about Ireland? He's like, I always have time for Ireland. And I was like, you know what, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah
1: uh, Joe Biden was very firm from the beginning of his campaign trail about uh, uh, not letting Brexit affect the Good Friday Agreement in any way, which, I mean, that's phenomenal. Donald Trump never even mentioned it. So Donald Trump probably didn't even know what the fuck it is. <laughs>
0: No, no, he probably doesn't. <laughs> he came to um Ireland uh I'd say it's either a year or two years ago. It's so with COVID, I don't know what the fucking year what what's going on anymore. It was about a year and a bit ago, maybe, and uh he was um talking about the border, but he said like we have to resolve the issues with the wall in Ireland. I say he thinks that like the Northern Irish border is actually just a big wall, like what he was supposed to build from you know, for stop people coming in from Mexico. <laughs>
1: He's 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 on another level of I can't even say stupid because he's a genius marketer. He's genius yeah. at putting his name out there, his brand out there. And he's a genius at like getting these gullible QAnon conspiracy theory peoples to to read between the lines, as they say, like, but it's, he's spouting shite like. But they all apparently there's subtext. there, really clever subtext that none of us normal folk can understand. Yeah.
0: Only his his cult can understand it there's a reason he won the 2016 election like he played on people's fears he played on people's ignorance all that kind of stuff yeah i don't like the fact that he got elected but jesus christ you have to respect the fucking he knew what he was doing he did it well unfortunately he did it well you know most people who had like you know any bit of sense towards these things knew he's gonna fucking crash but like you have to kind of respect how he did it at the same time, you know, he knew what he was doing. Like it was, it was, it was amazing. Like it was funny to watch, but impressive, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah. It was, it was genius marketing. He he had a really populist campaign. He played on, like you said, people's fears and stuff like that, but he, he knew that he would be able to get the more gullible people in America on his side. Uh, uh, by by having this cult like approach to it, by having this, you know, only you can understand why I'm doing such a good job, you know, yeah, yeah. Right, and and they are the enemy, like and that that kind of that level of uh, of marketing is is pretty clever. Uh, he's criminally ignorant, but yeah. a, a clever marketer.
0: <laughs> I genuinely, and especially over the last few days and over the last few months, the way he refused to accept defeat, everything, genuinely got the feeling of this guy's fucking mentally ill. That's kind of the only way to look at it really is he's actually not like he's institutionalized since he was young. He's never had a normal fucking life, anything like that. And you look at him now and you're like, yeah, this, this guy is actually mentally ill. The problem was people endorsing him, people, you know, supporting him. Anybody who, you know, backed him in any way like that, with power and influence should be fucking ashamed of themselves for like, this guy was obviously mad from the start. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. What Donald Trump should have done when when it was clear that Joe Biden had won the election was keep his mouth shut, not make any big decisions for the rest of the presidency, quietly pardon himself and bow out silently. Now there's talks of impeachment and stuff like that. And if he gets impeached, he's going to go to jail. Why didn't he just do it, you know, properly? Just just be
0: quiet. He really (laughs) just yeah a month. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. It's, shut up, man. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is that like you lost? There's no evidence to say that you did you that there was fraudulent votes, what you're claiming, all that kind of stuff. You lost the fucking election. People decided, yeah, we, we don't want you anymore. Get the fuck out. Like that's kind of just simple as like there's nothing more to it, you know. Um, I don't know if you ever heard this story, but uh obviously you remember the storyline of uh Vince McMahon. Um where he was killed by a car bomb, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, the incident with Crispin Raw, uh, Crispin Raw, Crispin Wah, um, counteracted that, and, you know, they have to kind of get rid of that storyline, there was, it's a tragic story, all the rest, uh, changed wrestling forever. Yeah, they dropped it like a hot plate. They really did, yeah. Um, Donald Trump is friends with Vince McMahon. He, apparently, right, this is apparently true as well, when he saw that on TV, that Vince McMahon was after being blown up, he apparently rang, wwe and said my friend vince was in a is in an accident where his car exploded i just want to know if he's okay and apparently the people like that got the phone call were like donald trump's on the phone asking for fucking vince mcmahon is he okay i don't want to tell him it's fake i think he should know <laughs> you know so they just said yeah he's fine he's in hospital he'll be okay you know like
1: that guy like he was does, the leader <laughs> He does stuff like that and it would lead you to think that he's like so stupid like when he and some of the stuff that he tweeted and some of the stuff he said in speeches would lead you to think that he's like just criminally stupid but then he was able to orchestrate such a ridiculous campaign and win the US presidency so how how dumb can he really be like
0: well i suppose it's it's i think me or you could win if we had the money and backing obviously you need a lot of fucking money to win the presidency but me or you could nearly do it if we just play it to people's ignorance if we said it's the us versus them mentality is how people like him get elected the thing of oh no i'm on your side but these people aren't these these people are that disagree with you are out to hurt you and that's how you get elected you base it on fear fear conquers. like that's unfortunate it's it's terrible that people do that anybody who who has any sort of empathy shouldn't be able to even think about you know basing on people's fear to put people in danger to get your own gain but this is this is the fact like this is how somebody like that gets elected you know
1: absolutely use uh use fair tactics and cause uh, call everyone that opposes you a communist and a pedophile and you are guaranteed to win the u.s
0: election <laughs> exactly we should do that we should try I, i'll run as your vice president <laughs> Leahy Savage. I, uh,
1: yeah, see, I think that us not being US citizens would uh, uh, kind of a <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, hinder that, that be, plan a little bit. That might be a bit of a letdown. We'll try and be the governor. Sir Arnold Schwarzenegger became the, the governor. We could, we could try and do that, be a, gov- a state governor. <laughs> might be the best we could. do. The governator, do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah.
1: I think I'd make a fantastic governor. If fucking Jesse Ventura can be governor of Minnesota, then I could definitely be governor of some throwaway state. Maybe governor of Alaska or something. No one cares about Alaska.
0: Or, or um <laughs> Arkansas, somewhere like that. Um I'm saying this like I know, you know there's always there's always throwaway states that you just you, you kinda only when you're trying to like do that competition of list out the fucking states is when you actually come up with them, you know. <laughs> I can't, I can't even like
1: look at the word Arkansas anymore without thinking of that video of the girl pointing at the map, and she's like, "Why is this Kansas and yeah. this one is not Kansas, America?
0: Explain." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that no, me said. every time. <laughs> but I was, I was on about this there a few weeks ago because um, there was, I saw some video online of like Americans being asked about where certain countries are and stuff like that. And they, they don't even know where some of their states are. They think they're in like Europe or whatever, or where is Europe? They think Europe is a country, you know, like <laughs> all this kind of stuff. It's, it's crazy. Like, but it's just, it's institutionalized. They're such a big country. They don't even need to go outside of their own state if they don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah, it's, 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 strange it's, a, it's a,
1: a, a crazy educational system over there. Like they don't learn about anything other than America.
0: Their history yeah. is
1: all American history like uh, and and in every war america were the good guys and stuff like that it's it's crazy <laughs> they have to start every day with like the
0: pledge of allegiance all facing
1: the flag that's like that's pretty culty
0: yeah and like i i think the way ireland does it is is okay i think we're raised to be quite patriotic and quite you know proud of where we're from and respectful but It's a lot of people in Ireland are just like yeah whatever like you know (laughs) we're Irish whatever like I mean a lot of patriotism in Ireland comes when you leave Ireland and you're like yeah I'm Irish fucking (laughs) when you're in Ireland you don't give a shit you know (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was sitting in Cork. I'm like, "Jesus Christ, I got to get out of this country." And then, as soon as I go somewhere on
0: <laughs> holidays, I'm like, "Oh, I can't wait
1: to be back in Ireland."
0: <laughs> or if anybody even slightly questions Ireland, it's like, "Um, excuse me, <laughs> you're dealing with a real Irishman here." Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me go
1: home and get my balaclava. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know actually with those face masks? Um, you know, those damn masks we have to wear. Um there's one of the lads, there's a few lads that I work with now are wearing, like, these these black face masks with, like, the tricolor on them. It could not look more fucking raw, like, you know what I mean? I love the
1: anonymity uh, of the face masks. The anonymity is fantastic. I've been wearing a hat and a face mask everywhere I go, and I've been shoplifting for eight months, haven't been caught <laughs> <once>. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot to be said for the the face masks. I think they're I think it's good that, like, I I like the kind of the, as you say, you can walk in somewhere, be anonymous, things like that. We're not being asked to do that fucking much. You just put on the bloody mask. Like, if you're going to the shop for 10 minutes to get your shit, like, do you know what I mean? Do you know how many people I've seen like out in public that I,
1: you know, when you, you just don't want to talk to someone, you know, they're just an absolute drag and Mass, they they uh, bore you to death. But they don't recognize me with the mask and the hat on, so I yeah, just get yeah. to coast through them,
0: like a, maybe do like two or three laps around them just to like rub it in that they don't recognize me. And yes, the most <laughs> annoying one that people are doing is this. You know, like I just I had a mask handy. Um, they're putting them on like fucking this, like going into shops like this, like you know. If, like, put the yeah, fucking like, mask over like your nose.
1: On... <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting on a pair of jocks with your pecker just poking out like over the top. <laughs> it's essentially <laughs> the same thing. Like,
0: um, nah, yeah. yeah, it's it's mad the amount of people who, it's it's a scary moment. Like, I was in Cork City a few months ago, and I saw the amount of people that were gathered, um, not wearing masks. You know, parading the tricolour, being like, oh, our rights are being taken from us. All the rest, it's dangerous. The amount of people who think like that, it's scary. You know.
1: I assure you, there is absolutely nothing in Bunrock Nahirin about masks. There is nothing that says the government cannot tell you to wear
0: masks in the Constitution. Probably not, no. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mad time we're living in, like, as you say, but, you know, I'm I, I just getting used to it. <laughs> I,
1: I, don't, I don't mean to be uh, offensive or anything, but those people are stupid. It's, it's a yeah. mask even if you don't believe it works you think you just wear it out of convenience what are you going to do not do shopping not go to the pub That's just because I mean, of your like, stupid convictions like
0: jesus like what do you believe in coronavirus not i don't know how you can not believe in it like that you can't make up that people are getting sick from it um or is it the case of like oh we believe in it it's just not that serious well it is like the hospitals are crowded you know it's it is serious like we you can't just say no this isn't fucking happening or whatever But it's, yeah, as you say, for convenience, just put on your fucking mask while you're going in buying your few cans, you know what I mean? Or whatever, like, just just do it, like,
1: just do it it on for at most, like, you have to wear it for, like, what, like, 20 minutes to walk around Tesco, like, it's, you're not going to collapse from lack of oxygen, like, give it a rest, like.
0: There's a lot of people have actually claimed that, though, that you, like, you can't breathe with a man and stuff like that. And I, I i have asthma. Like i I think I've asthma anyway. Some sort of fucking thing anyway. But I even I don't mind wearing it. You know what I mean? Like I I don't find an issue. Like I have to wear like in my job I have to wear a mask eight hours a day inside in the factory. Like where we we have to like. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like I understand it with children with like uh, sensory issues and stuff like that. Uh, they don't they don't like the sensation of it, and they're too young to understand why they have to wear it. And in that case, I understand. You know they. They don't have to wear their mask, but like you're a fucking fully grown adult. I don't give a shit. Wear your fucking mask. Grow up, grow up here, and put on a mask.
0: <laughs> That's be the <a> campaign. Um, <laughs> Gary, we've talked for a good bit. I think it's nearly time to call it. Give it a rest for the night. <laughs> give it a rest. Um, give it a rest. <laughs> i love chatting to you man definitely going to have you back for more uh we should just do one where we're just quoting the simpsons back to each other i think or family guy or something just do something like that um of course if you ever want me to get involved with you for anything like that do just get on to me i'd be delighted to you know
1: fantastic fantastic thanks for having me dave uh and i hopefully you know the next time we do a show we'll actually get to
0: be in the same room as each other i'm hoping that anyway take care my man take care bye-bye <laughs>